Hi, this is Mark, Hustock Tech Team, and this is our Futurist Missing Voice America Kids. Please be on the lookout for five-year-old Jonah Sullivan. He went missing from La Jolla, California on April 30th, 2012. This is considered a family abduction. Jonah is Caucasian, three foot five, 40 pounds, with blue eyes and light brown hair. He may be in the company of his mother, and they may still be in the local area, or they may have traveled to Phoenix, Arizona, and or Alabama. Jonah has a small scar on his chin and right cheek. His front tooth is chipped, and he may be going by the nickname of Sully. If you know of Jonah Sullivan's whereabouts, please contact the National Center of Missing and Exploited Children's Hotline at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. To see two pictures of Jonah Sully Sullivan, please click on the link on the Voice America Kids homepage. Our future is missing. Or go to futuresmissing.com. Thank you. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be it's time to express yourself, where teens talk and the world listens. Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the BU Star, Be The Star You Are charity. I'm Kai Kelly. And I'm Young Juan, and we're your teen hosts for today. So if you didn't hear last week, Be The Star You Are is having its annual national essay contest for the ninth year where you can win a hundred dollars get a radio interview on this show win prizes of books and recognition this year's competition has the theme of benevolence compassion and kindness for more information visit btsya.com the contest runs through january 2013 and is graciously sponsored by u.s bank that sounds really exciting for any writers out there who wants to be published Make sure to check out www.btsya.com to find more about the 9th annual Be The Star You Are essay contest. Today we're interviewing Ellen Hopkins, a New York Times bestselling author, and she wrote Crank, Burned, Perfect, and Among Others, and her new book is called Tilt. We'll talk all about her later, but right now we have Ryan Sim talking about being a librarian and the joys of the library, so please welcome Ryan. Hey everyone. So... My family moved to San Ramon when I was two years old, and I was your typical super active toddler boy, running around in a cape, yelling infinity and beyond, and pretending to be Buzz Lightyear. And my mom said the only time I would stop moving around is when I was sleeping and when I was being read to. And of course, I didn't know how to read at age two, but I loved being read to. So after my parents got tired of reading Go Dog Go for the millionth time, they took me to the library story time for toddlers. After story time, we would stay in the children's section and check out tons of picture books. And that's how my love of reading started. As you can see, the library has many fond memories for me. The library has always been one of the most magical places on Earth, apart from the obvious like Disneyland. Sometimes, though, I feel like the libraries get a bad rap. Everyone can remember that one experience of a library sh- librarian shushing them or not being allowed to eat in the library. But aside from that, the library is a gold mine for getting your research done, hanging out with your friends, and most notably, reading. In addition, there are a number of special programs that are offered at most libraries. 
At the library near my house, for example, Doherty Station, it offers read-alouds for kids, summer reading programs that award pizza coupons and free books, and sometimes the library even holds movie nights. And who doesn't like free stuff? So the next time someone tells you that the library is lame and uncool, you can tell them that's actually not. Yeah, I totally agree with you. For a while, I always thought the library would, was a horrible place. But after I tried going in for the first time with one of my friends, I realized that it's not actually that bad. Yeah, there's like a lot of stigma, I guess, mm. against like libraries. So at what point did you know that your librarian wanted to be a librarian? So about two years ago, she was... An English teacher, but she was getting tired of grading papers all the time, and she wanted to have a more hands-on experience in teaching. And while she was at Iron Horse Middle School, she started working with her librarian, and then she smoothly transitioned into working a librarian at my school, Doherty Valley High School. I think it's really funny because actually our librarian this year, and Young Ju can confirm mm -hmm. this with me, is she actually used to be our. AP English teacher, I believe, and so this year she did the same thing as what your librarian did, and she transferred over, so it's funny that a lot of English teachers seem to be doing that. Yeah, I think a lot of English teachers would rather be librarians, but <laughs> they don't know how to like make the transition, maybe. Right. Were there any specific people in your life that inspired you to pursue this career? Well, for her, she was um, inspired to become a librarian by Michelle Gant, who is the Iron Horse Middle School librarian. Do you happen to know why, by any chance? Um, well, she was inspired to pursue a career of being a librarian because, as I said before, she was tired and sick of grading papers, mm -hmm. and she wanted to have a more hands-on experience with the kids. Yeah, I find it really funny because I've always had this idea that English teachers hate grading essays. But this year, my English teacher, who is has been teaching for 45 years, grades like 30 essays in one night. And it's really amazing <laughs> to me. But in oh, your wow. opinion, what does it take to be a librarian? Okay, so she said that you need to be outgoing and friendly because that way kids will be more drawn to reading. Mm -hmm. And it will be easier to approach them like whoever's a, the librarian with any questions because no one likes a mean, snarky librarian. Mm -hmm. And she also said that's important to be able to multitask because oftentimes you have to deal with many different requests at the same time. And finally, with technology becoming more and more prominent in like our daily lives, it's important to be tech savvy so that you can check out books and other stuff as the new technology comes around and about. That sounds really interesting. Now I have a different, a little bit of a different question. What do you think was the weirdest thing that ever happened to the librarian that you were talking to while she was in the library? All right. So um, one time on the first day of school, this freshman came up to her and asked her if she had any engineering books. I don't know why he would need some engineering books in the first place. And then she was like, okay, so what kind of engineering, engineering books would you need? And then he said that he needed really hard engineering books. And then she didn't really know what to do. And then he said, okay, well, I'll just check out these AP calculus books. And that was pretty weird. Yeah. yeah. AP Calculus books are pretty heavy, though, so I don't know why you would feel the incentive to check one out if you're not <laughs> taking it. Or an engineering book if you yeah. think about it. <laughs> but on average, how many books does she go through per week? I know she's a librarian, but is it true that they actually read a lot? Well, yeah. Maybe she's a typical librarian. I don't know how many books librarians are supposed to read, but she reads on average about like six, about 12 books a month. Do you have any book recommendations, or did she have any? Oh, okay. So she said that if she would have to recommend a book that any human on Earth should read before they died, she would recommend The Great Gatsby. And I think this might be a little bit because she was an English teacher. And she said that although many people disagree with her claim that The Great Gatsby is the great American novel, she firmly stands by her belief that it is the great American novel. And she also recommended East of Eden because, in general, she's a fan of great American literature since she used to teach American literature as an English teacher before. 
Yeah, we actually just finished. I'm actually in the midst. I was just doing it before we started. I was editing my East of Eden paper. Do you happen to have read East of Eden or any of these books that you recommend? Yeah, actually, I've read East of Eden, and mm-hmm. I've also read The Great Gatsby. How, how did you like East of Eden? I love East of Eden. I thought it was a little bit slow in the beginning. Maybe that was just me, but I think overall the meaning was so... It was, yeah, it was, I can definitely yeah. agree with Kai. We had this a book for our summer reading, and it's so big, like 700 pages, 600 huh. pages. And so at first, while I was going on the airplane, I was so daunted by this. I was like, gee, there goes my summer vacation. I can't I, even I, do anything. I, but actually, when I sat down to read this, it was just like, wow, actually, big books shouldn't be boring. Where did that come from? And so I really enjoyed it too. Yeah, I I really agree. I, I, I truly, truly enjoyed East of Eden. And I haven't read Great Gatsby yet, but I'm sure I'll like it too. Um, so for our last couple of questions, what sort of things should kids be doing who want to become librarians? So, for example, any particular classes they should be taking, any majors or any activities to do be, to become a librarian? All right, so oddly enough, she told me that there are some colleges nowadays who are offering majors like library science or service degrees. So right after you get, like, your bachelor's degree, like, you take, like, your regular classes and stuff, you can go for your library science or service degrees. But in regards to, like, high schoolers, what they can do right now, um, they can volunteer at either the school library or a local library to get some exposures to like the mechanics of working at the library and I'm sure that the library will appreciate an extra hand around because there's a lot to do at the library so there's probably a lot that they need help with to get done. Definitely. What was your favorite library experience just from your personal memories? Um, I guess one of my favorite memories was when I was littler after soccer practice, I would stop by with some of my teammates, and then we would just read comic books and, like, laugh a lot and stuff. So the library is just a pretty fun place to, like, hang out. Well, thanks, Ryan. We have to take a break right now, but when we return, we'll be talking to Ellen Hopkins, who I'm sure has plenty plenty to say about reading. For more information about Ellen and her books, go to ellenhopkins.com and on Facebook and Twitter, add her at at Ellen Hopkins YA. I'm Young Juan. And I'm Kai Kelly. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Make sure to check out the photos, descriptions, links, gossip, and more at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Kids safe, mother approved. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Bookworm is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune into Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good... Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring.
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Kai Kelly. And I'm Young Juwan, and we're your teen hosts for today. Ellen Hawkins is a New York Times bestselling author, poet, and freelance writer, including the recent novel Tilt. She has written more than 20 nonfiction titles and five novels in verse. She's also published hundreds of articles on subjects ranging from child abuse to wine growing. It's really cool, and for all of those who haven't read her books, I would highly encourage it. Ellen not only writes, but also mentors other writers through her position as a regional advisor for the Nevada chapter of the Society of Children's Books, Writers, and Illustrators. Right, and she's a speaker at schools, book festivals, and writer conferences across the United States. We are so excited to have you here today on Voice America Kids. So without further ado, please welcome Ellen Hopkins. Hello, Ellen. We're glad you are joining us. Hi, ladies. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, so I guess we'll start off with talking about Tilt. For our readers, our listeners here today what, who haven't read Tilt, what is Tilt about? Tilt is about, uh, well, Tilt is the teen companion to my first adult novel, Triangles. So that was a book about three ladies who kind of hit midlife and start reassessing their lives, and they're pretty much distracted and away from their families, not paying proper attention to their families. So in writing that book, they had teens, and those teens started to tell me their stories. So that's the teens you're going to meet until. So while their parents are kind of not really paying the attention they should to their kids, one of them, Michaela, who's very much in love with her boyfriend, gets pregnant, so she's dealing with teen pregnancy. Shane, who is gay, falls in love with um, someone with HIV. And Michaela, who, I mean, and Harley, who's just barely 14 when the book starts, um, is really looking for attention in inappropriate ways, wanting to grow up and be older than she is too quickly, I guess. Right. That sounds really, there's a, a lot of deep or, I think, difficult subject material when you talk about Tilt. Why did you want to write the story from a teen perspective? Um, because, I don't know, I love writing for teens. You know, it's, I actually, Tilt was my ninth teen novel, and it's just, I've, I've come to really respect teens and to really enjoy writing for them. If I had to choose between writing adult and writing teen, I would take teen every time. So it just felt important to go ahead and tell those kids' stories, too. Right. That sounds really interesting. So Tilt, like your other novels, is written in free verse or poetry. And what made you write in this style? It's really unique. Yeah, it's. Um, I'm not the only one writing in verse. There are other verse novelists. Mm. When I came to it with my first um, novel just about eight years ago now, it was... Crank is my first novel, and it was based on a very personal story, which was a story about my daughter's um, struggle with crystal meth. And so in writing that book, I wanted to write first person from her point of view to kind of really try to gain some insight into the reasons why. And when I start, when I wrote it in prose, the voice was all wrong. It was like my voice. It was very angry. It was not her voice. And so by by going into the poetic kind of form of storytelling it allowed me to get inside her head poetry like takes away kind of a lot of the extraneous descriptions and stuff that make you feel like you're being told a story and allow you to be on the page living the story and that's what I really really want from my books I think it's interesting that you bring that up because I know in my English class today we were talking about we're working on a new uh, she wants us to bring in a new type of writing something that she thinks we need to observe a situation that we not would not normally be able to understand but address the issue in a way that's not just a third person or a regular way of speaking about it so it's interesting that you talk about the power of verse or the power of poetry and writing yeah it's it's 
you know, it's really about how the poet views the world, right? So yeah. that's what poetry is. So it's painting kind of very, with few words, kind of opening up opening up what you're writing to reader interpretation, right? So I, I mean, I kind of call it like like making the outlines and letting readers color in the, you know, the between the lines, fill in the blanks and color in. So it doesn't rely on all that big description and stuff. For instance, I don't always describe my characters in a lot of detail mm. because like I might just say he's got a killer smile. Mm. So if I say that, you might interpret that one way and I might interpret it some another way, right? Yeah. So I interfere with the reader's pleasure of filling in those blanks by giving too much detail. Yeah, I feel like reading is really important in that aspect. Like, when someone says something, everyone thinks a different thing. And that's why I sometimes don't like movies, because they show a character in a way that I totally didn't imagine it. But I had another kind of more random question. But Crank and all of your other books, or not all of them, but most of them in that series have very... Uh, descriptive title well not descriptive but a descriptive picture of a title more more I'm not sure how you describe it but till the cover page for that is so pretty what made you decide to do that uh, cover design really is is pretty much up to um, the Simon & Schuster design department I, but I've had the same designer so all my all nine of my teen novels have had the same cover designer and he he's young he's hip He's like really smart and he's pretty cute too. But, uh, don't tell my husband I said that. Anyway, um, he's just really, what he does is like he will take, the, he'll read the first 50 or 100 pages of the book. So he will be designing the cover before, usually before the book is even finished, right? Mm. But he'll take that kind of beginning part of the book and he'll, his mind will just start working and he'll start throwing out ideas. So it's now kind of a team effort, you know, like, do you like this one? And I might say, well, I don't really like the color or, or can we, you know, can we have a little different font or whatever? But for the most part, I just trust him. Yeah. That sounds really interesting. Turning back to more about how you wrote the book, you are really well known for tackling serious issues and you've described some of these issues already. You address teen pregnancy, abusive relationships, parental deceit, terminal illness, falling in love with someone with HIV, HIV excuse me. So why do you explore such tough topics? Because they're part of the teen landscape. So, you know, it's like it would be nice to to just have everything be all pretty and perfect, but very few lives are pretty and perfect. You know, addiction touches every life in one way or another. Maybe not personally, but through somebody you know. Um, abuse is probably the same thing. Thoughts of suicide is something that a lot of people share. So these kind of subjects are, are part of teen existence. Um, and so I would... I think it's important that we open up the discussion about subject matter that may not be really comfortable or that maybe you don't know a lot about. For HIV, I really, really wanted to talk about because we've stopped talking about it in this country. You know, we've got this idea that, oh, it's all under control now, and it's really not. There are, over, there are almost 60,000 new cases of HIV in this country every year, and most of them are among heterosexual young people. Yeah. Um, but going off on that tangent, where do you get your ideas for your novels? Are they through personal experiences or research? It's a little bit of everything now. You know, early on, first of all, all writers, I think, pull on personal experience to some degree. You know, little pieces of people we know or, or things that have happened to us in our lives. Um, but, wow, all of a sudden my dogs took off. And went <laughs> I think it's all right, though. Um but now I get a lot of my ideas from readers. Mm. So even the HIV thread came to me from a reader who was a young Latino man who was having a hard time discussing his his sexual orientation to, with his parents, and I convinced him to do that. And he came back to me, and he he said, my parents said never never they would accept it, but never bring home a disease. And he came to me about 18 months ago to tell me he had contracted HIV, and so. He wanted he wanted me to put put it out there for for young people to understand that you know it can still happen to you, and so you know readers come to me and tell me stories, and if enough stories come at me um, with similar kind of themes, then I will I will write about them. 
All right. So I think we're out of time for this first segment, but we'll be back very soon, listeners, and we'll do the next segment and continue interviewing Ellen Hawkins. So I'm Young Juan. That was Kai Kelly, and you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network. Visit our creative community at BTSYA, and this is our radio program at expressyourselfteenradio.com. We'll be back in a bit. Make sure to stay tuned. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. It's almost showtime. Tune in to Curtain Call every week for the latest happenings from the world of theater. It's news and reviews, both on stage and behind the scenes. If you've ever wanted to be a stage actor, theater director, or work behind the scenes in production, this is the show for you. Your hosts have been there and done that, and will answer all of your questions right on the air. Listen for Curtain Call. Weekly performances are happening Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Kids channel. What is No Antipreservatives all about? Well, it might be easier to say what isn't the show about. Your host will give it to you straight. His take on film, television, books, video games, and pretty much any other topic that comes up. He'll keep you safe and on top of the latest in media and let you know what to stick with and what to trash. Listen every week to No Added Preservatives, and each show will leave you wanting more. Tune in Wednesday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Young Juwan. And I'm Kai Kelly, and you're, we're your teen hosts on today's episode of Express Yourself. Ellen Hopkins is our guest today with your newest young adult book, Tilt. Ellen, one of our teen reporters and sometimes co-host, Rachel Glass, said to tell you that you are her absolutely favorite author. She couldn't be on the show with us today, so I'm just passing the word. And I also wanted to comment again on how gorgeous the cover of the book is. It really is a, a beautifully look, look and look a beautifully beautiful, I'm sorry, beautiful novel. Thank you. I think so too. That's that's probably my favorite cover up until next year's YA, which is even better. I will say that. Oh, um so since you have said that, you can't just stop there. What do you have in mind for the next step? Are you writing now? I just finished the 2013 Young Adult. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so that's, in, in fact, the revision on it's already done. So it's in production. That is Smoke, which is the, the long-awaited sequel <laughs> to my second novel, Burn. So that was a sequel I actually never planned to write, but enough readers pretty much demanded I write it that I... <laughs> I kind of said, okay, fine, I'll write the sequel to Burn. Well, I'll be looking out for that. But in the meantime, can you tell us what the significance of the title Tilt is? Yeah, well, because, again, it was a companion to my adult book, mm -hmm. Triangles. So I first, you know, because of the triangles, so there's a whole bunch of kind of geometry-related 
poems in that book. And so I wanted, I almost, I was going to call it angles, but then I thought it was, because, you know, that had kind of a good connotation. But then I thought it was a little close. So then I wanted something that had that kind of same connotation, angles or, or lean or a tilt, right? So, or a mm-hmm. slant. And then there's also the idea of pinball. And it's, you guys do know what pinball is, right? Right. Okay, I only asked because I just did a book signing and there was a little girl in the front row. She was about nine. And so she asked me that question, what, you know, why I called it tilt. And I said, well, and then there's the pinball thing. And she looked at me like, like she had no idea what pinball was. <laughs> I'm like, you know, those big machines? She's like, I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. You mentioned earlier, or just a little bit earlier, that it, you've already completed the revisions on your 2013 book. So my question for you is, how long does it take you to complete a book? The last two years, I actually wrote two books a wow. year. That was a lot of writing. That was eight hours you know, in front of the computer every day getting that writing done. It was a lot. So I'm, I'm writing books now in about five or six months, probably closer to five when I have the time to do that, to invest. Mm. So, um, and that's pretty fast for me because I'm a very exacting writer. You know, the way the, the poetry, each page kind of really flows into the next page, right? Yeah. So I can I can stress over a single page for over an hour sometimes. If, wow. If, if the, right, the word isn't coming to me or the right sentence isn't coming to me. But the upside of that is I don't do drafts. I just do one draft. Oh, then the book is done. Don't tell the English teacher. <laughs> but I often feel like our first draft is our best copy. I, I have written so many essays where I feel like I'm spending so much time editing it, but often just the first draft, the raw copy, is so much better. But how did you get into writing? Um, it was a very long process. I, writing, first of all, was something that always spoke to me. So even when I was you know, little, I really enjoyed writing stories and essays and poetry and, and like that. And then um, studied journalism in college, took a big, long detour from that into um, getting married and having some children and, and starting my own businesses. I had two businesses. One was a catering service and one a video store. And then my life kind of like made, I took this big, giant, it had a big giant change in it, right? So I, I met a new person. Um, we moved to a new place together. And it was, I had sold my business. And I'm like, you know what? I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. And my husband's like, what? Seriously? <laughs> and so I just decided I was going to. So I went um, into freelance writing. That's what, you know, pulled on my journalism background. Went into freelance writing. And then from there into children's nonfiction books, which you mentioned that I had published 20. And then... <laughs> Again, this this book, Crank, I mean, it was just a story that was here. It kind of slapped me in the face. It was just a book that needed to be a young adult book, and that's that's kind of what my career took, this big giant shift, and here I am. So I guess my question that would come from that is that, as we've stated before, you are a New York Times best-selling author, and it seems like you really followed your passion, and that's what led you to this place in your life, not necessarily a desire to be become a famous author, but what was your reaction when you became a bestseller, when you knew that your novels were really reaching a large young adult audience? Well, I was, you know, because I think Crank is such a very important story, the idea that I could turn young people, make them consider their choices a little more carefully so that I might be able to keep, you know, one or two, and, and in fact, it has been thousands that have chosen not to do that drug. And I know that because I hear from them. Mm-hmm. So that is, you know, the money thing and the fame and all that, that's nice and everything. But the idea that something that I'm doing, you know, that I'm creating a legacy that will be here even after I'm gone, that is like, you're just like, you can't expect that. You can't even hope for that. But when it happens, it's like, yes. Yeah, I remember when I was a smaller person. I can't believe it was already eight years since you published Crank. I feel like it was just yesterday that I was like, oh, this book is new. But my parents were always sort of like, oh, are you sure you want to read that book when I was when I was like 11, 12? What can you say to the parents who say to their children that these books that you write are too controversial? Um, they may be controversial, but they're, they're, I mean, they're really important. And I think... What I would suggest for parents is to read them with their kids. Mm. 
Um, because if you can, communication is like such an important thing and it's, it's lacking in a lot of relationships, including a lot of teen um, parent relationships. And if you can keep those lines of communication open, I think you'll avoid a lot of problems. And also I think if you arm your children with knowledge, the idea that, look, this is, if you make this decision, this could possibly happen in your mm-hmm. life, um, that I think, I think we need to keep a respect for teens and to allow them to self-censor when they will. I think most teens will self-censor if a book is too much for them. But I think it's better for parents to read the books with them. That's, I think that's a really important thing to remember, the importance of communication and relationships between their kids and, kids and their parents. On a, a slightly different note, though, what would you think is the most important thing to remember when starting out becoming a writer or even following a dream along a completely different path? Because you talk about how you had other careers and then you turned to being a writer, but it seems like it's really been a successful venture for you. So for the people like Young Ju and I who are mm. just starting out, mm. what advice would you have to give for us? Well, if your parents say you can't be writers because you can't, it's not a good career, tell them Ellen Hopkins says, yes, you can. That's the first one. <laughs> The second one is to to remember patience and to remember that rejection is part of the game and so you can't you can't get too um, discouraged if you face some rejection it's you know it just it goes along with the business you need to build a, a publishing bio so you can start publishing you know all these like stories about like you know these giant overnight success stories those are really rare I have a lot of author friends most of whom took years and years to build a career so patience build your craft. Um, study not just like English and, and poetry and creative writing, but also things that help you understand humans, um, philosophy, religion, sociology, psychology, those things that help you know what make um, people tick, because that's how you create multi-layer <laughs> characters, right? And then be voyeurs. Go out there and like pay attention to life. You know, look at other people. Look at other people. It's really cool to... <laughs> Don't let them know you're doing it, but listen to their arguments. Listen to what's important to them, what makes them fight, what makes them laugh. Um, and again, it's all about you know going into story threads that you will you will come to maybe later. You know, it doesn't have to be something you write tomorrow or today. It could be something that you write two years from now. So, why do you think that writing is such a powerful, important tool? I I think first of all, it helps you put things into perspective, right? So you, mm-hmm. it helps you like suck all this stuff up and then jumble it up in your mind and then when you put it back down on paper and order it, then it helps you uh, put things in order. It helps you um, process kind of what's happening in your life. And I think it's really an important tool for that. So even if you're not going to write for publication, write journal, mm-hmm. um, write poetry, Yeah, thank you so much for that advice. I really feel like it's important for everyone to write, and some people say that they're not good at writing, that they don't like writing, but I feel like it's so important to keep your thoughts on paper and have an outlet for that. But unfortunately, we are out of time, but thank you so much for giving us all this great information and coming out on Express Yourself. Thanks for having me. Definitely. It was really, really wonderful interviewing you on Express Yourself. Your insight to writing and all of your great advice for us and for all of our listeners was really, really useful. Yes, thanks so much. We have to go. But for all the viewers out there, you're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, where teens talk and the world listens. Visit us at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back with an artsy gift. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You just love your pets, but sometimes they can get to be a handful. And just when you think you have them under control, that's when things get, well, crazy. For help, tune into Paul's Around the World. You'll get the inside secrets on keeping your pet the friend it's supposed to be, along with stories to keep you warm and fuzzy. Listen Fridays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? 
How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Here at Voice America Kids, our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. My name is Young Juan. And I'm Kai Kelly. You haven't done an artsy gift for a while. Are you glad to be back? Yes, I absolutely love artsy gifts, and I love being able to inspire people to put their personality, put their inside jokes, and all of their funny memories into the gifts they make. Because I, of- I feel like a lot of people these days, they just feel like... It's too much work, but I'm talking about making gifts with books since that's been our theme for the day. Okay. So, we've always been encouraged to read books. Since a young age, my parents canceled the TV subscription on me and handed me something to read. A few years ago, my dad told me that I shouldn't read the fluffy novels and read more serious books, such as the American classics. Some of them are fantastic, like East of East. Eden, I've mentioned before, and To Kill a Mockingbird. That one was pretty good, too. But I soon realized that we need a good balance of both on our bookshelves. Oftentimes, I read a book and find something so inspirational about a quote, but forget it in a whirl of school and other extracurriculars. It's not a top priority for people to write down things that speak to them, which it should, and Ellen Hopkins gave us such good advice today about writing. So today, for all those people who shouldn't write, or aren't writing but should um, I planned a little how-to on a quote book for friends all you need to know before you sit down and make this is what kind of books they like or just some good books that you've read it's a way to find quotes and inspire other people to read so it's really easy if your friends like East of Eden and really serious books as my dad would say but a lot of other books have good quotes too like John Green's books they are like a quote minefield if you (laughs) haven't read his books I would really recommend it and if you own these books and like them too then obviously it'll be a lot more fun skimming through and finding the sections that you love even if you don't though Google is a powerful tool and so is like Goodreads and um, Goodreads, Spark Notes, and No Fear Shakespeare. I don't know if your friends are Shakespeare fans, but anyways, I really love Google, and I don't think I could live without it. And even if you don't know these books, you can always learn something new about them by hunting for quotes. Oftentimes, when I'm looking for quotes for various projects, I find another book that I would love to read. Making a quote book is a great idea for someone's gift. Seriously, we all have bad days when we want to curl up next to the TV with some hot chocolate or with a good book. Nowadays, I don't have time to leisurely read. It's really sad. Everything I read has to do with my English teacher and whatever she wants us to read. 
which is not really that bad, but sometimes it is, like now. I'm reading Dr. Faustus by Christopher Marlowe, and I would give anything to trade it for an easy-to-read chick flick or a New York Times bestseller like Tilt. For all the people who don't have time, they can be cheered up by looking at quotes from favorite books, especially if they don't have time to sit down and read the whole thing. It's like you are putting a sampling of a million cakes onto one plate. Instead of inspirational quotes from people you haven't really heard of before, come on, how many people have actually met the people who say Chinese proverbs? No, we don't even know if they actually said that. You can have wonderful quotes from your favorite authors. Reading books is stimulating, as my parents probably thought when canceling our TV subscription. Reading doesn't give you an exact picture of the characters or settings, as Ellen Hopkins so helpfully mentioned. Your imagination takes over, and there aren't that many activities where imaginations can do that. I have a crazy imagination, and it's in part from reading. We should read more and a variety of everything. But for now, a quote book will have to do. Perhaps a motivational, emotion-stirring quote can convince your friends to read the books you love, too. Young Jude, that was a really... I thought that little segment was really funny, first of all. I like your references about Google and about reading Dr. Faustus, because I know a lot of my friends were complaining yeah. about having to read a German book in an American <laughs> literature class. But from that, you mentioned that you really like East of Eden. What are some of your other favorite books that you would recommend to our listeners? Well, I have a really broad sense of literature. It's probably just because I've picked up everything from everywhere. But I really love East of Eden. I mm -hmm. also love To Kill Mockingbird. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I have read all the Twilight Potter. <laughs> And um, I, re I love the Shopaholic series. I'm a big chick flick reader. But I also read other things. I like the book by, um, let me just see on my little thing. Um, I like reading, like my mom, she gives me all these like Asian literature books. And <laughs> they're not that bad. Like um, The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck. And um, Empire Falls was good. So yeah, just a lot of titles out there for those looking for the next read. And you mentioned a lot about quotes and how they let us sample, like a little sampling cake. I like that little segment. But do you seriously think that a quote can inspire someone to read? I definitely feel like a quote can inspire you because you get really curious. Like, what is the context of this? Like, my friend sent me this quote from a book that I haven't heard of. But after she sent it to me, I decided to look into it more because it was such a good quote. And why do you think books are better than the TV or movie versions? Well, I feel like a lot of books, well, I don't know about now, but a lot of books before the whole movie craze, they were written for books. So a lot of the parts were left out, like the characters, they weren't fully described. It was pretty right. much like you had a killer smile and you'd get a picture in your head. So I feel like it lets you just, it gives you a backbone and you can fill in all the information that you want to see, you want to hear. So I think that's a lot better than movies because movies is just like, oh, he has to look like that since that's the character on the screen. Right, I definitely agree. And I'm thinking particularly, you mentioned Harry Potter earlier. And I remember when I first read Harry Potter, I had all these ideas of what every scene would look like or what Hermione looked like. And I think they definitely did a really good job with that series. But I definitely see, you know what I'm saying? Like how the movie totally changed the way that you looked at that book. Or maybe that was just me. No, it was definitely for me, too. Like, the Twilight series. I know everyone hates Oh, my gosh. That. But um, I didn't really get a clear picture of the characters. But my mm -hmm. when she saw them, she was like, oh, they have to look like that. They did such a good job. And I was just like, really? Are you, are you sure about that? And so it's open to interpretation until they make a movie where suddenly Edward looks like Robert Pattinson all the time. Right, and I think especially that book is funny because you read it, and the first time you read – the first time I read Twilight was – uh, when I was still super, super in love with those teen idols, and I still am to a certain extent, I'm not going to lie, but I remember, and the whole idea of him sparkling in the sunlight was supposed to be really romantic or really, really attractive, but when you see it in the book, I mean, it, it, excuse me, in the movie, it's so funny, like you just can't stop laughing for some reason the entire time, and it's supposed to be a romantic movie, so I thought that's, that's another example of where they totally destroy, yeah. I think the book 
And so now you say that people, uh, or in general, people say that reading enhances writing, and you've mentioned that a little bit throughout your segment. Do you think that's always true? Uh, it's not always true. I definitely know this. I used to think that I was such a good writer because I read so much, but all the things I read were not um, not that great. They were just like, they are pretty much entertainment reads that don't help you learn. They help you learn how to write basic sentences so after a while after my dad forced me to read things more serious things like Huckleberry Finn and all that jazz I feel like I have become a better writer so it really depends what you're reading yeah I agree because I know I read when I'm really stressed out I'll turn to like Chicklet I'll start reading something like Confessions of the Shopaholic or any of Sophie Kinsella's books but I, I definitely agree that I think when we the the writing that we read in honors English, for example, is completely different than the writing that I would normally choose to read on my own when I'm trying to release stress or just cozy up by a fire, as you said earlier. Yeah, but I feel like in English class, the purpose of reading is not to enjoy it. Well, it is, but not just to enjoy it, so... Right, I think I think that's definitely true. So I think our last question for today will be, how can you become a better reader? Well, I feel like people shouldn't just say, oh, I don't want to read that because it just doesn't seem what I would normally read. We just have to go outside our comfort zone even in reading. And I didn't think I would like chick literature because, like Sophie Kinsella's books, that was probably my first time reading a chick flick. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, who can't? But, um, yeah, so I embraced another side of me. But at the same time, I read the... Um, just wait a minute. I read this series, uh, The Dragon. Oh, my gosh. Why am I blanking out on this? But you know that series by Stieg Larsson? I think that's his name. The I, I don't think I – it's not coming to my mind either. <laughs> okay, but there's – it's like, oh, tattoo. Something with tattoo, dragon. The girl with the dragon tattoo. Okay. Oh, oh okay, yes. Yeah. But um, I didn't think I would like that either since it's so – it's so – like a horror type mystery book but I really enjoyed that too so just throw away all your pre preconceived notions of literature and just find something that you'll enjoy and I'm sure we can all do that yep so unfortunately we're out of time now but thank you Youngju for all of your information hopefully our listeners will be inspired to make an artsy gift or at least pick up a book and read Definitely. I absolutely hope so, because reading is so important, and reading is dying away with all these movies and TV and whatnot. But thanks so much for joining us here on Voice America Kids. Thanks to Star Style Productions for producing this show, and thanks to our guests from across the world, Ellen Hopkins, and thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids Network. Don't forget to check out btsya.com to find out more about the ninth annual Be the Star You Are essay contest. I'm Young Juan. And I'm Kai Kelly. Thank you for always tuning in every week. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life our life-changing program Express Yourself. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at btsyateenradio@gmail.com. Also, check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.btsya.com. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks to our great guests. And until next week, remember, express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you would let yourself